0: Is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. This is Anne Marie Schieber from Healthcare News. You know, it's not hard to find someone not complaining about healthcare these days, but it's not because we lack talented health professionals. It's the delivery system. You know, there is an ongoing battle going on in healthcare that many patients might not realize. And that battle is independent practice versus corporate medicine. You know, government regulation in any industry, but notably healthcare has become so onerous that many health professionals have left independent practice to work for a big hospital corporation, or maybe they sold their practice to a private equity group, or they work for a big university. But when that happens, you don't necessarily get better healthcare. In fact, you get things like bureaucracy, long waits, mandatory mask mandates, and woke medicine. I have as my guest today, Dr. Hal Schurz. He is the managing partner of a practice in Georgia called Georgia Urology. Recently, this practice was singled out because 24 physicians from this practice were ranked best by Atlanta Magazine, including Dr. Schurz. He is also the founder of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Anne Marie. It's, it's my pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me.
0: So, what is it about Georgia urology that few others seem to be doing?
1: Well, you know, I, I think that. It's, it's um, a, uh, the secret sauce, if, if, if you will, is having an organization where doctors can practice medicine um, unencumbered by outside regulation and where we treat not only the doctors and the patients but also our employees with um, a great deal of respect and, uh, and really try to create an environment where everybody can thrive.
0: So tell us about this practice. You're physician-owned and operated. Um, how many locations do you have? Where do you operate?
1: So we are Atlanta-based, the general Atlanta area. So it's a large catchment area surrounding Atlanta. And we are the largest um, uh, single uh, Specialty privately owned um, urology practice in the United States. We have um, over 30 locations and eight surgery centers, and um, we have uh, 54 doctors and uh, and 26 advanced practice professionals (PAs) or nurse practitioners. So we really um, have a, a large. Uh, professional staff that uh, are, are superb. They're, they're all fantastic um, healthcare providers.
0: So your practice has chosen to operate independent of hospitals or universities. Can you give us an example or examples of what doctors at this practice can do that they can't necessarily do in those large organizations?
1: Well, when you work for a Hospital or university, or your practice is owned by a private equity firm, and it's not all private equity firms, but many. you are constrained. you have to do things according to what middle management of of some organization wants you to do so if you want to um, grow your practice in a certain area, you want to uh, be able to um provide certain services if the if your boss feels that that's not a a uh, a, a reasonable way to spend resources then that won't uh, be allowed and in some cases especially with healthcare some of those expenditures may not be revenue producing but may be necessary for the benefit of the patients taking care of them because of the way things are reimbursed in our healthcare system. Not everything that you do is necessarily going to generate um, income, but sometimes it's the right thing to do because you needed to be able to offer a full service uh, slate of uh, of um, care options for patients.
0: You know, I think we really saw this at play during the pandemic. I know for me, I could always tell Uh, how connected the practice was to outside influencers by the more COVID rules I had to follow, such as mandatory masks, nosy questions about the COVID jabs. Uh, You know, I never got the feeling that the practice was working for me. In fact, one time I had one PA tell me during COVID that I didn't have any say in my treatment. Um, Tell me, has this independence that you practice, uh, has it made it easier to attract
1: talent? It has. But if I can just comment about what you've just said about the pandemic. You know, during the pandemic, many of the hospitals um, turned their back on their employees and they they let them go. They furloughed them or they, they fired them because they did not want to, quote, lose money. And um, And many of those people who were furloughed and or fired, never came back to the hospitals, which is why there's such a profound um, shortage of, of people working in hospitals today. At Georgia Urology, we did not let one single person go. We have over 500 employees, and we kept them all on despite the fact that we were not um, uh, collecting money. We, the doctors themselves um, made the decision to uh, to support our employees, and that's the difference between what a practice like ours can do versus a hospital or some other entity. But what your question to me just a moment ago about how do we attract people? It's it's um, not that easy anymore because of uh, the way that young people. Uh, think about things in 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 terms of what they're taught in medical school and residency they they, um, they only they only get one way of looking at things and it's it 's often not um, the the uh, capitalistic way of looking at things and um, they're they're being taught a more um, socially acceptable or progressive way of looking at healthcare. And for um, there, there are quite a few individuals that don't necessarily buy into that. And that's those are the kinds of people that we're looking for. We're looking for people who are willing to take a chance on themselves, bet on their own future and and have the opportunity to be their own boss, not be answerable to to some outside entity that's going to tell them how many patients they need to see in a day um, what kind of patients they need to see uh, and, um, and and put and put uh, guardrails around them we, we give them the, the free reign to build uh, a thriving practice and we will do everything that we can to help support them
0: Well, we have written quite a bit about the indoctrination taking place in medical schools today. We have students who reach out to us asking uh, to subscribe to Healthcare news, but we have to be careful communicating with them. There's some terrific work being done by the Benjamin Rush Institute, for example, trying to keep medical students informed about all the practice options out there uh, that you don't have to work for a large organization to pay off your student loans. Yeah, large organizations are easy for big government to control, and that is why medical students are are pushed in that direction. So, hats off to you for protecting your independence and and showing young doctors there are alternatives. Um, I want to switch gears a bit. Uh, private equity is making a lot of headroads these days, especially in healthcare and taking over a lot of healthcare practices. Patients don't even know a lot of times that they. Uh, their doctor works for one of these organizations. Can you tell us, um, is this trend impacting healthcare?
1: It could, because there are some private equity groups that are just trying to squeeze out profits from a medical practice, and their model is to try to enhance the value of the practice and then sell it to another buyer. And that's the only way that private equity firms um, make their money by buying an asset and then selling it. Their, their, um, their goals are not the same as my goals, which are to build a thriving practice that will um, survive for my lifetime and, and continue even past the point where I've retired. So, it's it's a completely different mindset now some private equity firms are a little bit more hands off and they'll let the medical practices operate a little more freely and pump capital into those private into those um practices but by and large once again as a physician you are answerable to an outside entity not you're not managing your own practice and when you lose control of that, then there are going to be things that are um, going to suffer potentially patient care and I think that um, that's that's something that we are not interested in you've asked what well, we approached i 'm approached every week by some some private equity firm that wants wants to uh, talk to me about uh about you know making making uh, some kind of offer to our practice and and there are a lot of large private uh, uh, not private but well they were private once private practice urology practices in the country that have um, sold off to to a private equity firm but you asked how do we attract people and the way that we attract young people to join our practice is making the commitment not to do something like that because historically when a group sells to a private equity firm the The uh, legacy partners, the older partners tend to take out a larger amount of money from that deal, leaving the new people who've come in with uh, you know table scraps, and the new people coming in after them have um, they've missed the boat. They no longer have the ability to uh, to profit from. From what um, has already been sold off, and so we could bring we bring young doctors in with the with the commitment to them that we 're not going to do that that this practice is going to be ongoing, and what they see today when they decide to join us is going to be what we are going to continue. Hopefully, you know unforeseen circumstances, you never know what's going to happen, but our commitment is not to sell our practice and to keep it running as a as a wholly owned uh, uh, group that well, that's that terrific
0: when you can seek out people who are like minded. Uh, your organization can run pretty smoothly, I guess with that. yeah you know, it reminds me of young teachers who have very little power if they have to join a teachers' union. You know the benefits are designed to protect the senior teachers, and if they leave the school system before they vest, young teachers may not be able to collect a dime of their pensions, which are really delayed compensation. Uh, but again, how do you find these like-minded young doctors with all the woke ideology being thrust at them in medical <laughs> school? Is that a, a struggle?
1: You know, I, I think that people who are um, who have a certain um, background, you know, they, the the medical schools are trying to attract some of the smartest and brightest people, unfortunately, with the way things have been recently in the last decade or so in medicine and uh, the woke ideology, one would think that we are um, not, um, not churning out uh, individuals who, who are, able to um, have that kind of capitalistic spirit. But I think that if they have a certain background, they go to medical school, they are hopefully resisting the the, um, the indoctrination and they, they uh, are looking for an opportunity that is different from what they're being told is the only way to do things, which is to work for a hospital or work for, a university, and uh, they they uh, they understand that there could be a better way out there, and we provide we provide that that better way for them, and we try to use personal contacts. It's really hard to um, re- do a, a recruiting with uh, a mass recruiting with, with uh, at medical schools, um, but but through our networks, doctors. The, the physicians around the country have a, a pretty a pretty tight network people know people, and so through word of mouth we're able to um, find the, the individuals who um, want to live in Atlanta want to be urologists want to be a uh, have the kind of opportunities that we offer and and so far we've been very fortunate this year. well, let me just say one thing in the last four years, we've hired 15 doctors, and, and that's unheard of. That is unheard of by a private practice. That, that, that's, that is a, a reflection of some people retiring and some growth. Um, this year, we have three coming in. Next year, we're trying to recruit seven. These are, I, these are positions that we have identified that we need to continue our, our growth model in the Atlanta area.
0: I wanna go back a little bit to patients. Do you think they understand what's taking place in healthcare today, corporate versus independent practice? And are, are government leaders being responsive to it?
1: I think that the answer is, is a clear no. Um, the whole healthcare system is so opaque. And people have a hard time just understanding the insurance that they have and the benefits that that uh, would accrue to them because of that, let alone whether or not their doctor is privately employed or works for a large institution or is their practice is owned by a a um, a uh, a private equity firm. but I can tell you that there are some practices and i 'm not going to I, I don't want to get sued, but there are some practices that are only interested in churning patients they are only interested in generating charges and they will do things that are unethical in 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 my opinion in order to uh, to uh, increase their their um, their profitability and um, and so that's something that patients are not aware of, and and something that uh, unfortunately happens, especially with the the um, practices that are um, profit driven. And uh, we're not profit driven. Don't don't misunderstand me. We all want to do well financially, but our our um, our whole um, purpose or reason for being is not to to uh, generate profits. Our our purpose is to take the best care of our patients as as we possibly can. And if we do things right and and we treat patients right and do the right thing, then everything else will take care of itself.
0: You know, I, I don't think people mind spending money if the value is there. What they hate is not knowing what it's going to cost. You know, I'm a direct payer. I use short-term insurance for hospitalization, direct primary care for everything else. I save a bundle of money. And if I need specialty care, I call ahead and try to pin down the price. And I usually get that. Uh, unless they're affiliated with a large hospital group. You know, I had one case where I didn't realize the doctor uh, was working for somebody else and I ended up getting a bunch of surprise bills adding up to five times more than I was accustomed to paying. Um, and you know, I think that's why people like the third-party payer system because they feel like they've got some protection from this really broken system, and they love it when the government they you know they feel confident when the government's paying. I think wrongly so. Um, do you think all of this though really does ultimately come at a higher price?
1: Oh, there's no question about it. That's this, that's an entirely different subject for a different podcast, I suppose. But but I, I think that. The the the, um, the third-party payer system is, and the the insurance model is is so broken. And um, you you um, mentioned about self-pay, and the, that, that that brings up the entire direct primary care um, movement, which I, George, which Docs for Patient Care Foundation has been very um, much. Um, intertwined with and and uh, other practices that are doing things for ca- on a cash basis, as as are we um, in Georgia urology to to some extent. But um, I think that the 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 fact is that um, the cost, like you mentioned, it it just keeps going up when when uh, you have a uh, a, th- a third party payer system, especially with hospital care. Which is uh just so it's it's just obscene what what they try to uh take um, out from the system and uh, and then go after patients um, it's it's a uh, it's it's something that uh is so broken and that's and I think you're right this is this is why people. Are, they're throwing their hands up and they're just saying, you know, uh, whatever, uh, enough's enough. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, i would re- much rather have the government provide care for me rather than have to deal with all of this, um, uh, th- these, these uh, regulations or or not knowing, you know, uh, anything in this opaque system. Well,
0: I'm afraid we've run out of time. Thank you, Dr. Schurz, for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Anne-Marie. I, I really uh, enjoyed being with you today and having the opportunity to uh, discuss uh, the things that we're doing at Georgia Urology and other things in healthcare, and I look forward to uh, being able to come back at some point again in the future.
0: Well, absolutely. We'd love to have you back. Dr. Hal Schurz is one of Georgia's best urologists, according to Atlanta Magazine, and he is also the founder of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. And if you enjoyed this discussion, please share the link, become a regular subscriber to the Heartland Daily podcast. And for a readable version of free market healthcare, be sure to check out Healthcare News on the Heartland Daily News site. And you can also get a free subscription to our monthly paper. Uh, just kind of dive into our website and you can find out how to sign up for that. Thank you for joining us. And I'll be back again with another topic in healthcare news. This is Anne Marie Schieber.